Hello, and welcome to the World Fellows podcast. My name is Emma Skye, and I'm director of the World Fellows program at Yale. My guest today is Ahmed al-Bashir, an Iraqi comedian. Ahmed, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Emma. And sh- should I speak in the same tone that I, you should, you, you, you're using? You're not going to imitate me, no. Okay, because I like it. <laughs> it's like telling a story. So, yes, here we are talking. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, Ahmed, you were born in Iraq. What was your child like, childhood like growing up? Um, being a child in Iraq, it's very different from any other place. Uh, I'm sure everywhere is different, but in Iraq, it's unique. You get to be involved with lots of stuff. You get to learn many things that you shouldn't learn while you're a child. Uh, seeing many things that you shouldn't see while you're a child. But in Iraq, due to the wars, due to the circumstances that we're living in, um, due to what's happening in there since like forever, we're, we're seeing things we shouldn't see. Like, for example, when I was a child, I used to see pictures for children who were, who were dead and see things. Uh, it's very awful for, for, for everyone. So give us a context of this. When were you born? I was born in 1984. My childhood, uh, I, I started to realize life, actually, when I was in 90, 1990. Uh, so when you, you were born in the middle of the Iran-Iraq war? Yes, exactly. And where in Iraq were you? Where were you born? Where did you grow up? In the middle of Iraq, in Baghdad, actually. I was born in Baghdad. I was, I was raised between Mosul, Ambar, and Baghdad. That means the triangle where everything bad happened since 2000, since the 90s until this moment. So I, I, I saw literally everything that Iraqis have been through since 90s, since, since the war. So uh, I don't remember anything about Iranian war, actually, but I remember the moment when, uh, when we were celebrating for, for winning the war. I don't know why we were celebrating that. And I remember uh, sanctions when started and how uh, chocolate were were very. I I, I really uh, I, w- I was craving chocolate and I couldn't get one when I was a child. And I used to see uh, children in hospitals and everywhere because the sanctions were very hard to Iraqis. So it was very bad bad childhood, but at the same time it was strange and it taught me a lot. A lot of things in, in life. Did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have uh, half a dozen of brothers and sisters, and my father was married to two. Uh, you know, it's like it's very regular to do that in, in Middle East. So my father married to two wives in the same time, and I have two more sisters from the new wife, and I oh, we, and she has already three children. So basically, I had uh, five, two, seven. I have I have ten. Uh, brothers and sisters, some of them, of course, and they're not uh, my stepbrothers and sisters, and uh, real uh, and seven uh, brothers and sisters. So what's the happiest memory you've got from childhood? Uh, first day of Eid, it means like first day of Christmas. Uh, it, it was one of the, uh, I was thinking about it a couple of days ago, and I was remembering how, how I, I was happy at the first day of Eid, and how am I? How I become sad at the end of uh, of eight, third day or fourth day of fourth day of eight. 
because I don't want aid to be finished at all. I, I want it to stay there forever. So all the presents, family coming together. <laughs> yeah, f- good, food, good uh, food, good chocolate. And of course, go to um, amusement park to ride on the horse and uh, these good things that you do while you're a child. I still do that, actually. <laughs> I still like food. <laughs> <laughs> so then came the invasion of Iraq in 2003, mm-hmm. and American forces arrived in Iraq. How did the war affect your life? And the war changed my life, actually. Um, it was on a course. I was studying to become an accountant. An accountant? Yes. You don't look like an accountant. I don't at all. <laughs> but this is what I was studying uh, at the college. And I was in love uh, in love for... Uh, I was loving four or five girls at the same time also. Did they know? No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every girl says, good morning, I fall in love with her. So this is what uh, what I get every day. Every, uh, every girl in, in college, I was in love with her, without she knowing, of course. And then war came, and uh, since the war started in Iraq, everything was changed, um, starting with my, with my job, because I was working also. Uh, I started working when I was 12. Uh, I was a, a car, a car fixer, mechanic. 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 And then uh, I was a chef at the restaurant, uh, and then I became an accountant in my restaurant, my father's restaurant, actually. And uh, everything was like, okay, we had a good job. We had a good restaurant. It was, it was uh, doing good. You know, last three years in Iraq, before, before the war, um, situations started to become a little bit better. Economic are, uh, started to grow uh, economy in Iraq. Um, so this is 2000 to 2003? I guess, yes, 2000, yeah. 2003. Things are started to, to get better. Actually, we get, we get to eat chicken every day which was almost a rare thing to do since 19 to ni- 90 to 19 to 2000. Um, we get to eat meat, you know, especially after 1995 when uh, the collapse of the, of the dollar in Iraq. We say the collapse in dollar, I don't, I don't know. There's a moment in 1995 when um, Kofi Annan said that uh, the exchange for food and oil will start. So dollar was, every dollar worth 3,000 Iraqi dinar started to worth 150 Iraqi dinar, so it's changed. Then it, it tries again, of course, but it, it was good at the beginning. Uh, economic, it, it was good. I, I had a job. We had a small house. Um, we, were, we, were li- we were living in stability, and we moved to a bigger house. We were moving, actually, during the war to a bigger house uh, in another neighborhood. Uh, then war came, changed everything. First of all, um, the restaurant is closed due to uh, uh, the, the neighborhood that it was in. Uh, there was uh, lots of militias, uh, armed groups uh, all over the place. There were new militias, we don't know who, uh, near the restaurant. So the street that was in the restaurant, it was busy street all the time. It became very empty, so we closed the restaurant. And uh, then we shift our jobs. My father shifted his job. Uh, he was working in the electricity department. Uh, actually, it wasn't. It, this is official name for it, but he has gen, big generator in in, uh, in the neighborhood, and he's selling electricity to the people. And uh, then everything bad started to happening uh, to us. Uh, 
starting from I was I was kidnapped. Then my brother, the, my little brother, was injured by mortar shell uh, on his school. And then my other brother was killed by mortar shell on his head in our house. And then my father was kidnapped. And this happened in separate years, like 2005, 2006, 2007. My my father was kidnapped, and then he was he is dead because of torturing. And uh, then my cousin was killed. Then my uncle was killed, and I had to move from Baghdad to Ramadi to due to um, the sectarian war. Um, actually, I, I would say that 2003 uh, destroyed uh, my life, destroyed my personal life, destroyed my future, and destroyed definitely my family. So, and of course, all of Iraqis, not only me. Only those who came from outside the country, and now they're stealing and they're killing people in Iraq, those who are, uh, who are, uh, uh, who, who got good, good things from 2003 war. And they're doing the same things that Saddam was doing before 2003, now. So for you, who, you know, you have been through so much heartbreak, so much tragedy. And as you said, it's not just your own story, it is the story of Iraqi people. What made you become a comedian? Actually, uh, Iraqis used to use comedy against and, and laughter against every bad thing happened to them. Uh, I remember the moment in 2000, 2006 when my brother got killed and we was we were at my uncle's house who was later got killed also. How old was your little brother? 15. 15. Between 14 and 15. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was such a handsome boy. He was such a like yellow hair, blue eyes, very smart boy. And we were expecting a good future for him because he was the brightest of us. And uh, he just, he was, uh, we gathered him like, like pieces in, in a bag and then we buried him. We faked uh, his body so my mother can't, my mother, uh, we pretended that it's one body so my mother don't collapse after seeing. Is it hit by a mortar? Yes. And, uh, sorry, I forgot the question. No, this, I, I hate this moment. It's the sense of how out of all of this did you become a comedian? I mean, this oh. is just... So, yeah, the day when, second day after, I don't remember, it was the sec- first or second day when we were gathering at my uncle's house and at the uh, Majlis Aza, uh, it's uh, like when someone dies, we gather in one yeah. house. And my uncle started to tell some jokes, actually. He was making fun of us how we were crying uh, when, we were, when, we were, when we were burying my brother and how my, f- my father was crying and how me was crying and the other of us, the, the rest of us. And um, he started to telling, he started telling jokes about everything uh, in Ramadi, in Baghdad, sectarian war. And we started to laugh. I know it's very like, um, you shouldn't laugh in that moment, but that laughter after this uh, uh, disaster happened to us, uh, that laughter, that the, the moments that we, when we laughed, it makes us a little bit better, actually. We felt like 
it, sadness uh, will never leave us for the rest of our lives. Uh, and I know it until this moment. It happened 12 years ago and I still, it's happened like yesterday. But uh, laughter make us, made us, um, let's say, continue our lives and trying to get a better future and trying to stop these things from happening. Actually, I'm talking about me. So I was thinking that since uh, jokes helped Iraqis to pass the sectarian war in 2007 and jokes helped Iraqis to uh, destroy uh, the holiness that Saddam was creating for himself and although the scare, the, uh, the scare, scary moments and uh, uh, the terror that he, that he planted inside Iraqis, but they still making jokes of him uh, when he was in, 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 in power. And this, these jokes helped us a lot. So I, I thought maybe I can use these jokes against the same corrupt politicians and the same militias and ISIS, of course, um, to stop people from joining them at least. This is how it starts, to stop pe- to show people that they're just a joke. You shouldn't, uh, shouldn't join them. You shouldn't support their cause. They're just someone who are using you to get to their interests. Uh, so we, we started to use jokes against them, and it worked, actually. Lots of people are using jokes until this moment. So how did you get a show? It started with just, just the, the news, the weekly news. Uh, I used a slang language. To, to turn the news from fusha, which means the, the official way of telling the news, into slang language, our language, street language, with adding little jokes on it. And people was, were watching the news now. Not, not very much was watching the news. They hate the news because it's very boring for them. But, but after using the slang language and some jokes, they, were, they started to watch the news. To, to realize what's happening in Iraq. because And I've was, seen some photos of you in those early days, and you look a little bit like Mr. Bean. Yeah, I was. They, they used to call me Mr. Bean, actually. <laughs> this is what they're doing. Like, hey, Mr. Bean, can you can you jump around for a moment, please? <laughs> so, yes, uh, it, it, it was it was good good to to uh, make the new generation know, knows about uh, his, his politicians and how to vote. And who's the who's the corrupt politician, and who's using religion to to get to the interest and get more money and more power, and who's working really for Iraqis? And you mocked ISIS as well. Yes, definitely. ISIS one one was one of the most. Uh, it started against ISIS the show, uh, Al Bashir show. We had uh, campaigns against ISIS. Uh, actually, we had some messages from inside Mosul after ISIS occupied Mosul saying that ISIS members were, were collecting uh, videos, uh, collecting phones for every young man inside Mosul. And they see if he had a video for Al-Bashir show, they will punish him because they think it's very haram. It's very banned. You shouldn't see these videos. And they go to, to, to check your history on, 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 um, on the browser that you're using. And if they see that you're watching Al-Bashir show, they will punish you. Uh, and that means we're, we, were, we were affecting their, their agenda from inside. And lots of people sending us messages saying that, thank you very much for letting us know that they're just a joke. We almost join ISIS or militias, but now after you've done that, we will never join ISIS or militias. Thank you for that. And this is exactly why the show was created for. This is exactly why we're doing this, to stop the killing from the source. 
trying to stop people from being uh, on, on the same side of the killers uh, and the corrupt. So when that happens, we, we feel very proud, we feel very happy because we are uh, doing our own agenda. <laughs> <laughs> well, the government is obviously concerned because they don't allow your show to be broadcast in Iraq. So they, go- need, they need ISIS and militias. This is why <laughs> they will never allow it. But it goes out on satellite. It's on Facebook. It's on YouTube. And I think it's something like half the adult population of Iraq actually watch your show. Yes. Which almost. is huge. And they're, they're jamming the, broad, the broadcast of the show also now on satellite. Like they've done it like one hour ago uh, because it's. <laughs> and I've heard Iraqis say that you help them breathe again. After all the tragedy that people have been through, you've actually made them, made them laugh again. We, we don't only make them laugh. We also give them hope. We try in every episode to show to the people that they're strong. Um, they can uh, prevail again. They can, they can win. And they can uh, rule their country without international interference. I mean, without outside interference. Because they don't, don't need anyone from outside. They just need support. And uh, they are strong and they are talented. And they are, uh, you, you can't imagine how I was shocked of how talented Iraqis are and how artists they are and how um, they have, th- th- there's a good future awaiting, waiting for them. Well, while you've been here at Yale, mm-hmm. you've not been getting much sleep. No. Because it seems that every day Iraqis have been out protesting in the streets and over 400 have been killed. 420, what? and because last hour, 20 were killed. So what, what, what are they protesting about and why are they being killed? They are protesting um, uh, for, for many things. Main reasons is that they don't want an outside interference, like Iranian interference for, for, uh, uh, in particular. And they don't want, uh, they, they, need, they want a, a new election with a new election law that gives them the right to choose their, um, their uh, representatives in the government. And they want a new election committee to supervise the, gov- the elections. And they want some um, uh, some edit on the constitution. So Iraqis are out there to save their democracy, which they believe that it's their democracy because the the government now uh, they stole everything. They stole uh, also uh, including their their votes. So they don't they want their votes to go to the right people, and they want their representative to be uh, real people who are supporting them, who are working for them. And of course, they don't want corruption. So they are out there supporting, uh, pro- demonstrating against these things. And you've been doing your show every week, every week from yes. here. How have you done that? Um, I ha- it's, it's my job now. It's, 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 very, uh, it's very hard time for Iraqis. I didn't expect these demonstrations to happen, actually. Uh, I thought it will take more time, more than, more than one year after this government uh, took part. Uh, formed, and I think it it will take took take it will take two years t- until the demonstrations start. So I was I was expecting uh, a very unique experience at EL <laughs> this program, <laughs> and I thought like I will be away from politics for a while, and I will work only one day a week, and everything is gonna be okay, and I will enjoy go read uh, try to learn things, but this happened, and uh, we can't I can't sleep. 
I can't. Uh, I have to be focused on phone 24-7 to see what's happening and trying to be part of what's happening and trying to save lives as much as I can. This is what we're doing now, trying to save lives of the people because these militias are brutal and they're criminals. And what they're doing is is like the worst thing I've ever seen since ISIS in 2014. We're trying to save these people and apparently we're failing with, with saving lives because they just killed 20 people now in Tahrir Square in the middle of Baghdad. And actually, I think when, when we finish this podcast and we will check the news, we will see it's much more than 20. Uh, the experience here at Yale uh, was amazing at the first month because there, was, there were no demonstrations. Uh, but then everything changed and I have to stay focused on what's happening in Iraq. And the protesters themselves are sending you content They're yes. sending you the videos that they're making on their phones? Yes. Because in Iraq, every TV station has its own agenda. Al-Bashir show, which is the show that we are broadcasting every week, is the only way for them to breathe, actually, just like you said. It's the only way to tell their voices to the people because they don't want their voices to be spread on, on local-wise. They, uh, they want the world to see what's happening for them. Uh, this is why they're sending the videos. They're trying to... They're watching the show inside Demonstration Square, actually, every week. And uh, they believe this is the only show that uh, telling their real voice. Uh, it's, it's a huge responsibility at the same time. And it's also... Uh, uh, doesn't make me have enough sleep. And it's also interesting that we're not hearing or seeing any... We're not hearing sectarian language. We're not seeing sectarian symbols. Yeah. Do you think Iraq is moving into a new phase? It is definitely a new phase. So we have three, three days that it's changed the Iraqi, uh, the Iraq history. You have the. Let's go. Let's start from two thousand three. We have the uh, the ninth of April two thousand three when Saddam regime was was uh, removed. Yes, and we have the the tenth of June two thousand fourteen when ISIS occupied Mosul, and we have the first of October two thousand nineteen. This day changed. It will change the Iraqi future forever. Uh, the first the first thing the demonstrators were chanting is this demonstrations killed the sectarian forever. So they are raising uh, a signs and said that sectarian is dead now. And let's read Al-Fatiha for it means mm -hmm. that's done. And then uh, actually what you see now in the in the provinces, they all Sunnah, Shia, Kurds, Kurds, Christians. No one asks you who you are from. Actually, the government and the militias are trying to use that language. They're saying that this is, uh, see, there's no Sunnah, see, this only Shia are getting killed, which they are killing. It means that Sunnah don't care, blah, 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 these things. People don't get that anymore. It's, it's not like 2014 and definitely not like 2006 and 2007. Uh, they, the new generation, it will, uh, it will change everything. Uh, this is what we're, we're waiting for since, since a long time. This is what we're talking to. This new generation will, will, will shape the new Iraq. You will be surprised. The, the whole world will be surprised of this generation. 
you know, despite everything that you have been through, or maybe because of everything you've been through, you still so deeply love Iraq. You are so completely Iraqi. What is the hope that you have for the future of your country? I don't know that why this actually, although all the things happened to me in Iraq, all the bad things happened to me in Iraq, I still love that country in a way that I could die for it. I don't know why. <laughs> actually, I was talking about that the other day. It's like a curse. This country destroyed us. This country, like, they burned us, killed us, did everything bad to us. But we still love love it to the to the max. We still want to die for it. I don't I, I don't understand this this love relation between us and this country. Like, but we still hope because this generation really revived me. Revived me. It it's like the electric shock that they give you on in the hospital. This generation made me feel alive again. They made me cry like every day. They made me feel happy every day. They 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 brought the emotions back to me. I never thought that I would cry for anything ever since my like I had the worst thing that happened to me. So nothing will make me cry. But. This demonstrations really, really brought me back to life again. And I can feel now, and I still love that country to the, to the point that I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't, I don't want, I'm still attached to, to it. I'm still, I feel like uh, he hates us and he kicks us out of, of his land, but we still love him. Like, not only me, all the people outside in the street, they've been through a lot, every single one of them. They've been through ISIS, they've been through militias, they've been through everything you can imagine, and they still love it. You just, when you ask any Iraqi, why do you love Iraq, you'll start to cry. I don't know why. Like, I almost got, got cried now, <laughs> almost cried now. I don't know why, but we still love, love that country too much. And we still feel that it's our responsibility to build it again and to bring it uh, to life again. And this is what we are fighting for. Ahmed al-Bashir, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ayman. <laughs>